I'm Christina Cho. I write a food blog called Eat Cho Food, and I wrote the cookbook Mooncakes and Milk Bread. I had a pretty crazy summer where I got married and won two James Beard Awards on the same day. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that talks to chefs and talented cooks in search of one major matter of the heart and stomach. <laughs> They're one recipe. The one they didn't need to define the relationship with. The one they're willing to stick with for richer or poorer, in hanger and in health. Or maybe I've just been to too many weddings as of late. This week, I'm checking in with Double James Beard award-winning cookbook author, Christina Cho. You probably know her as the author of the book Mooncakes and Milk Bread, sweet and savory recipes inspired by Chinese bakeries, or from her blog, Icho Food. She's a Bay Area Midwesterner, a former architect, and the brain behind some pretty stellar milk bread creations. I'll let her tell you the rest. Hey, Christina, thanks for joining me. Hi, so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, it's so great to have you. Now, you have had a huge year so far. You've gotten married, you've won not one, but two James Beard Awards for your cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. And you also managed to do the impossible and do all of that on the same day. It was a absolutely surreal day. I think if I was just purely getting married, it already would have been a very overwhelming day. But a few moments before I put my wedding dress on, I heard my brother's fiance and then the rest of the people in our wedding party just go, you won. And I immediately just froze. I think I... <laughs> My initial reaction was like, oh, I feel really awkward right now because your wedding day is so awkward. Everyone's staring at you. And then I'm like, oh, I just won a James Beard Award. And then later I, I won a second James Beard <laughs> Award. <laughs> it was just a really insane day. And looking back on it, it feels unreal. But I'm, I'm really grateful that I got to experience that. If you're going to have a day where there's just going to be a lot of crying, that is the day to do it. I'm so glad you got to have that. Yeah. And I didn't have to like explain it to everybody. Like all my closest friends were there already to like celebrate <laughs> with me. I didn't have to repeat the story a million times. <laughs> well, I just want to give a little bit of time to the cookbook because it was a huge undertaking. This cookbook is kind of like the first of its kind, especially in English. So can you talk me a little bit through what it meant to you to really be driving this narrative and diving into all of the beauties of Chinese bakeries and cafes? It's still mind-boggling to me that I personally had the privilege to write about Chinese baking. I have always been a lifelong lover of baking, and I never saw the things I would see at Chinese bakeries or the stuff that like my parents or grandparents loved ever represented in either like a newspaper article, like a recipe in the back of a magazine or anything like that. And so when I had the idea, I'm like, oh, like, I think there's people out there that would really love to see this represented in a book. I, I just felt a lot of really great responsibility. And just, I think when the book came out, the audience had such a remarkable reaction to it. Everything I felt just like felt really validated, you know, that the food that I grew up loving, other people care about too. And I think that this book is just a spark to 
kind of see more styles of what our definition of baking can be, or even just cooking, you know? Well, one of the things that I really love about your book is that you do give it ample time to kind of explore some of those like histories and memories, but also you don't just frame it as a past tense thing. It's not just this legacy that we're so disconnected from. Instead, you're actively and constantly reminding people these traditions are still going. There's still so many different ways to fall in love with milk bread. There are so many different techniques. It's just such a breath of fresh air. How important was it to you to kind of bring that present and future kind of lens to to these cafes and bakeries? It was super important. And I, I don't know if a lot of, some people had picked up on it, but like even the title sort of alluded to that, like acknowledgement of the past and looking towards the future, like mooncakes is something I would consider like a really old school style of Chinese pastry that has been made forever. And then milk bread is sort of relatively new became popular in Hong Kong style bakeries in like the 50s. So there's still so much more that we're learning about how to manipulate milk bread and incorporate new, like more contemporary flavors and ingredients in there. So I really wanted to highlight those two dynamics of Chinese baking. And what's really cool about now that the book has been out for almost a year now is that I had set up a lot of recipes that kind of function as like foundational recipes, like just the base milk bread or teaching someone how to make like a sturdy filling for a mooncake. What I am really proud of is that there are bakers or readers out there that feel confident in themselves that they can just like make their own purely unique bun or bake good. As a recipe developer, that makes me most proud. I feel proud when people can just like read the recipe and make it, but when they feel like they can kind of go off on their own path and feel independence to make their own thing, that's really, really cool. So I'm hoping that maybe in a few years, we'll see like the products of that. Like maybe there'll be new like Chinese bakeries out there using kind of these like foundational techniques. It's wild just how many different types of milk bread and different styles and iterations there are. All right. I'm going to ask you the hardest question of your life. What is your one recipe? So I get asked a version of this question all the time. And my one recipe would be cocktail buns. It is my ultimate favorite bun. I think that your favorite bun really says a lot about you as a person. And (laughs) in like the classic kind of dynamic of Chinese bakeries, there's a lot of people that love pineapple buns. That's another favorite in the book, but that tends to hog a lot of the spotlight. And I'm over here saying like, you got to try the cocktail buns. Cocktail buns are probably like a second, like they're like the the little brother, you know, to like the pineapple (laughs) buns. I'm like, hey, I'm great too, if not better. And I think that the cocktail buns in Mooncakes and Milk Bread they are the best cocktail buns I have ever had in my entire life. So. Oh my gosh. High <laughs> praise, high praise. We got to get into them. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of like theories about how cocktail buns or uh, gai mei bao is how you say it in Cantonese, but there's a lot of theories about like how it got its name. One that I feel that I trust the most is that like the name cocktail comes from the fact that the filling is like a mixture of all these like random things. Like there's like coconut and there's butter and there's dry milk powder. And there was a story that like bakers would take old buns and kind of like cut it up and mix it with sugar and more butter to create a new thing out of it. And so that's how it got its name. But a cocktail bun now, we're not 
tearing up old buns or anything like that. Everything <laughs> is like, everything's fresh, whole ingredients and stuff like that. But the base bread is the mother of all milk bread, which is a enriched dough. It's so versatile. You can use it to make a loaf of bread hamburger buns or just like individual buns like this. So each of the cocktail buns are filled with a mixture that's melted butter, coconut and dry milk powder and some sugar um, and a little bit of flour in there and some salt. And you make mix it up so it forms this kind of like sandy almost paste like it should hold together when you squeeze it. And you mm-hmm. stuff all of the buns with that. And then what makes the buns in the book really great is that all the buns are like nestled next to each other so that Aww. you get you get like <laughs> nestled like cute little, you know, like baby like tucked buns. in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all tucked <laughs> together and you let them prove and they kind of like grow into each other. And what's great about baking them together is that you don't get like a hard edge you just get like a soft connection between each of the buns like if you get like a king's hawaiian roll that like little piece of dough that like is still connected between like one bun to the next it's like the best and you get that (laughs) with these and i always forget about the topping but i think it's like a requirement for the cocktail buns you always see this like stripe or like zigzag of this like thin line of um it's kind of like a cookie batter like it is butter and flour and some powdered sugar in there but you just pipe a little line and it's like this nice additional bite of sweetness that you get on the buns and also just like a design thing when you see that everyone knows that is a cocktail bun what i really love about your recipe is just like it doesn't get weighed down it also doesn't get too watery so you're not as worried about like seepage or bursting like yeah so many people get so intimidated by breads with any type of filling just because they're like, oh no, what if it leaks? What if it falls apart? Right. But then the the, the nestling them in the tray, like you don't worry about that at yeah. all. And I, I think that's why I wanted to represent at least one recipe that you can just bake them all into a tray so you don't have to like worry about those little details. If it leaks a little, whatever, it's fine. It's just going to get extra yeah. crispy in the pan. <laughs> a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So can you walk me through step by step the recipe. Mm-hmm. I know it's pretty simple, but can you still walk me through it? I know some people are really intimidated by any type of bread making. I'm not going to talk you through making the milk bread dough because the recipe in there is pretty robust. I always have notes like, if this happens, don't freak out. It's going to be okay. But you're going to make your milk bread. And after your first proof, you're going to like do that really satisfying thing where you hunch it down and allow all that extra gas to escape. And then you take that dough and divide it into 12. Or if you're like really into small buns and divide into like 16, or if you like them bigger, like up to you, whatever (laughs) you want to do. I do 12. Yeah, follow your heart. heart, However big you want your buns to be, do it. (laughs) I'm going to do 12. (laughs) So we're going to divide that up. And then they're going to look a little like haphazard because you're trying to make sure all the portions of dough are the same. But I always tell people, make sure to take the time and form your dough ball into like smooth round balls. It's just going to make your final bake that much smoother and more uniform. It's all part of the bread making process. You get into these like rituals and practices that just overall make your final product amazing. So then you take your little dough ball, roll it out into a a rectangle shape. And then you're going to take your filling, which the filling is so easy to make. You just throw like the coconut, the butter, dry milk powder, sugar, and flour. 
into a bowl and just like stir it up until it gets like that wet sand consistency. And then I take a scoop of that filling and I kind of like press it between my palms and make almost like a little hot dog shape. Like you want it to be like a little log because the final buns are kind of a log, like a rectangular shape. So I kind of pinch it and then I place the filling in the middle and then I bring up the edges of the dough. And all you have to do is just pinch it, pinch it together. You're talking about like sweetened shredded coconut, right? Or what kind of coconut are we talking about? So I use unsweetened shredded coconut. So then that's your way of kind of controlling the sweetness in there. Do you have a preferred kind of sweetness stance? Uh, I think that my sweetness level is relatively higher than my parents. <laughs> I will say, I know that's not super descriptive, but I feel like the biggest compliment that you get from like someone in my parents' generation was like, oh, that's not too sweet. But I am also a child that grew up in the 90s in Cleveland, Ohio, like the Midwest. And so I have had my fair share <laughs> of sugary, sugary desserts, you know? And so like, I I love that too. (laughs) Um, Like I love like a really fudgy sweet chocolate cake, but I also appreciate like the natural sweetness of like buttery pastry with like fresh apples on it, you know? Like I like the natural too. I like it all, so. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so what's your strategy for putting each of the buns into the pan? Kind of depends on the type of pan that you use, but I'm just using like a regular rectangular large baking dish and I'll do two rows of six and I put them in the pan allow for some space you don't want to like put them right up against each other because you're going to let them proof for a second time and during that second time they're going to get doubled in size and really nice and puffy and they'll grow into each other so you want to give them room before they go into the oven you just give them a really simple egg wash which is just an egg with some milk and you whisk that all up and then you just take a pastry brush, brush the top of the buns with some egg wash, and then put on your toppings. That stripe of cookie, I don't know how else to describe it, but that little piping of cookie dough, I just mix that up into a little bowl and I put it in a little piping bag or you can use a Ziploc bag and snip off the corner. And then you just pipe some lines on top, sprinkle some sesame seeds, and then put it into the oven to bake until they're like fluffy and golden brown, and then try to allow a few minutes for them to cool down. But like a warm cocktail bun is just one of the best experiences in life. So wait, so what temperature are we baking at? We're baking at 350. Everyone's oven's so different, but I always tell people to bake to the indicator, like make sure that they're like puffy and tall and a nice, like strong golden brown color. Could take about like 30 minutes or so. Well, thank you, Christina, for joining us. It's been great to have you. And I cannot wait to get more of these buns. Yeah, I'll just send you some. (laughs) Christina Cho is the author of Mooncakes and Milk Bread, sweet and savory recipes inspired by Chinese bakeries. She also runs the blog Icho Food. You can find the recipe for those cocktail buns, also known as Gai Mei Bao, on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alexander Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. <laughs>